Welcome to the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King. Today we have a special, special guest joining us on the show today. The lovely DJ Stormy. What's up, Storm? Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate y'all so much. Absolutely. Uh, Storm, I, I, I really didn't think that this was going to go down. I mean, you are like one of the most busiest people in the world. <laughs> you know, I do have a couple of things going on. I was just trying to make sure that I piece the schedule right, make right. sure to give y'all y'all time. That's what it was. I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I was scared. I was like, man, I don't know. I don't think this going to happen. I'm like, man, because I've been trying to, um, I've been actually trying to get you on the show for, for quite some time. This is way before the uh, Ready to Love, uh, Finding Love Opportunity and all of this stuff or whatever. Like, you've... I've been following your movement for uh, quite some time, and you you have really been doing some amazing things out here. Thank you. When I tell you, feet to the ground, and I am running, uh, but I'm doing it very strategically. I'm trying to make sure it aligns with my brand, and everything makes sense, because there's so many things that come at you, like darts, and literally not everything is for you. Right. So I just to make sure that, um, you know, the things that I'm deciding to be a part of, that it aligns with my brand. And it makes sense. Well, I'm going to be worn out, literally tired, like you hear me right now. <laughs> right, right. Let me ask you this. Now, um, let's let's start from um, let's let's go back to give the, the listeners a little a little history on you. And I and I would like to know if um, in your earlier stages of your adolescent was was like dj djing and um was music uh, a heavy influence in your life um even at an adolescent adolescent age absolutely the question um yes uh growing up in my household with my mom and my dad it was always music all around my mom used to sing my dad used to love listening to all types and genres of music we're from the island so it's like a melting pot of music, Calypso, Soca, um, you know, uh, we had, you know, the hip-hop and stuff like that, but it wasn't a major influence in the islands at that time, uh, but we had tons of music. Then when we actually came over and and I started living in New Orleans at a very young age, um, then that's where we got the bounce, the hip-hop, the rap influence, um, mixed with the Caribbean Soca and Calypso. Uh, that just took our music ears and appetite to an entirely different level. So I've always been influenced uh, by music in the Caribbean, and then being in in um, in the music kind of mecca of jazz and Zydeco and all of that, you know, New Orleans cultural music experiences growing up. That was amazing. So I love all types of music. Wow. So um, now, as far as like. With the DJing, how how did you you get into to developing your skills and um, really really just having a, a major passion for it? And and you said to yourself, "Yo, this I want to do this Ooh, as as a kind career." Kind of breaking up. I heard something about skills. When when did you actually 
really, really say to yourself, like, yo, I, I want to be a DJ and I want to I want to perfect my skills at this. It was around uh, 2012 is when my brother and I purchased our first set of uh, DJ equipment just to kind of get our hands and um, and I'm an appetite wet around, you know, DJing and trying to do the house parties and stuff like that. But now until about two and a half years ago, two years ago, roughly, um, I decided to like really attack it head on and do it professionally um and then at that point it still wasn't i didn't really know if i was going to do it professionally it was more from a technical aspect oh sorry it was more from a technical aspect so i was really trying to you know get into the music industry from a dj perspective which that was new for me and it was about controlling the music but i was always an artist i've always been a part of the entertainment industry since 1998 so I was on the business side of the music industry up until 2005. Then I had kind of like a hiatus between 2005 and 2010-ish. Um, then I went back into the music industry and I started doing promotions and stuff like that here, local in Atlanta, trying to learn the backside of the business from a business perspective um, and get my network and, you know, and all of, you know, my networking up so I can get to the point where I can throw my own parties I mean, that started around 2010. So, and in about 2014, 2015, I decided to become an artist and really get behind the mic, in the box, um, and really learning that experience and delivering from that perspective. And at the end of 2016, I delivered my first EP called Venom Kisses. It's available on all platforms right now. Um, it's an EDM-infused hip-hop um, EP. If I had to say what it would sound like. It's something like probably a Lil John meets like a, you know, like a Rihanna type of vibe. Right. Um, not sound quality, but from an energy and a vibe perspective. Um, that's how my EP um, kind of sounds and rolls with a Lil John meets Rihanna. Wow. And you know, that was something that, that kind of differentiated you from other DJs like, um, I love I love like your mixes and the way that you combine um different genres of music to actually create your own sound and I think that I think that is is so dope because you create a certain type of energy that um I feel like is is really needed and really impacting the game right now because that's kind of like where it's going and you were doing that early on Yeah you can't be stuck to a specific genre these days. And if you really think about the people that's leading the game right now, the Drake's, the Rihanna's, um, the Beyonce's, um, the David Guetta's, the Calvin Harris's, um, like those type of producers, um, it's really, even like Migos, um, it's really at a point where um, you can say that they're hip-hop or you can say that they're pop, but they're blurring the genre lines so much. They're crossing in between so many genre lines, especially with EDM, um, just because of the build-ups and the drops that the EDM gives. And then the vibe, the whole world world international sound that EDM brings that adds to any song, um, that most of these artists these days, they classify themselves as rap or hip-hop, but if you really think about it, they're really pop or they're really EDM. Right. Now, do you prefer doing the um the EDM scene um as far as like when you're when you're doing shows and stuff like that um 
it, the energy has to be, it's, it's totally different from you doing like a regular DJ gig, correct? Yeah, but honestly, at this point, I'm so open and flexible, um, and I feel confident and comfortable in what I do, that, um, that I just play whatever I want to play. Um, and it's just because I feel like people could buy from, if I play um, a Cheryl Lynn or a Prince or a Frankie Beverly and I transition it over to some old school Biggie or some West Coast EZE, then bring it back to some new school Drake and bring it back to some 1990 total uh, with Foxy Brown or Lil' Kim. Like, I think, I think it's all about the music journey. And I think it's playing select records, not just current records that people know the words to, but select records that you can spin and people would love to hear the vibe or their body start to move or they know the words to it because it's an old school vibe and, you know, they love the memories that, you know, those songs trigger. Um, no matter how slow it is or how fast it is or how upbeat, um, you know, you can always get the party going. No matter, you know, what era you're playing, there's something in every era. Earth, Wind, and Fire to the Two Shorts and the Lil Johns. And, you know, there's something in every era. You don't have to just stick to top 40 right now. And most DJs, that's what they want to do is stick to top 40 right now and play what's current. And that gets old really quick after 30 minutes. Right, right. Do you do you think that um, you think that the the DJ the the DJing that that DJing has um, come back around full circle now to the point that it's getting more acknowledgement and um, getting more credit towards um, pushing the culture forward. rock and hard place right now um, just because the DJs were the ones that actually helped to um, sustain the culture one so I'm part of the core DJs which is spearheaded by Tony Neal who back in the day you wanted your record broke as a hip hop artist a rap artist you went to record pools like the core DJs right um, and they broke your record so we're finally at a point where we're now getting the the um the energy back around record pools um, and coalitions where we have some type of structure. I wouldn't say we're back to those days yet, but I feel like we're coming together as DJs to really make a name for ourselves um, because we control the party. Right. And for so long, for the last probably 10 years, we've allowed the clubs to control the party, not the DJs. So the clubs were charged and pay all this money for bottle service, sections, sales, ticket sales to get in the club, but then pay the DJ two or $300 for an entire night. Right. But without the DJ, you don't have a party. So forget your sections, forget your bottles, and forget your ticket sales. Because without a DJ, you don't have a party. And so we're finally getting to the point where um, I think they're understanding that people want the party back. They just don't want the sections. They just don't want the hookahs and standing up in the clubs. People actually want to dance. They want to enjoy themselves. They want to have a good time. So you're starting to see that change happen a little bit, and then you're seeing the DJs that can actually appeal to that type of crowd that wants to party and enjoy themselves and take you on a musical journey. Those are the DJs that's being called on now. Those are the DJs that, you know, old school, they kind of got left hanging the last two to five years. Now they're being called back on because 
I mean, this is where we're going. We're, we're starting to see that turn. So we're still kind of stuck in between a rock and hard place, but I feel like it's at a point where we're about to see the turn to the better. And I just feel like DJs should should be the center of the party. They should all know how to MC. They should all know how to bring some type of entertainment um, and structure to a party and not just spin records anymore. We have to evolve. Right. Do you think do do you think that from your from being on the other side of um DJing and 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 doing it as a real profession and not just doing house parties and and things of that nature um do you do you feel like the business the business side of it do you think that it's that it's fair that that DJs are really getting a fair fair shake I would say in my business, um, I can speak for my business, and, and um, I would say yes. Yes, because there's money out there, period, for anybody to get. So right. it all depends on if you just want to go after the money or are you trying to build a business and a brand. For me, I'm building a, a business and a brand. So I have to be very strategic and selective on whose party I'm going to do, um, if I'm going to use social media as a platform for that party, um, or if I'm going to do it kind of under the table, um, you know, behind the scenes, don't promote it. Um, it's, it's very important right now because DJs are getting paid. There's a lot of jobs for DJs, but not a, not a lot of the jobs align with, like, for example, my brand. Like, I want to be a DJ that comes in specifically for about a two-hour set max, maybe three hours, I rock the party out. They know what I'm bringing. I'm bringing high energy. Um, and I'm not going to book myself for four, for four hours. Unless they really just want to book me for four hours and pay me that type of money, I'm okay with that too. But I try to just come in as a pure celebrity DJ, come in, rock it out for two hours. Everybody vibes with me. Normally have an opening DJ. If not, I do get requests to do private parties um, for smaller budgets. And that's entirely up to me if I take it or not. I choose most of the time, 90% of the time, I do not take it because it does not align with my brand. Um, and so if I can't use it for marketing, if I can't use it for brand alignment or anything like that, then pretty much it's useless to me. Um, so I'm being more selective. Um, not that I don't want to take somebody's money. It's just I'm not going to take somebody's money. They're going to be like, hey, I need you to – do a birthday party and all we want to do is listen to trap for three hours. Well, I'm not going to play trap for you for three hours, especially if your budget is not where I would sit there and play trap music for three hours and be worth it. Then I'm definitely going to just decline it um, nicely and probably refer you over to another one of my female DJs or core DJs in the pool. Right. Wow. That's, that's interesting. So, um, now let's talk about, because this this move here did kind of um I was I can't hear you. you broke up. Let's talk about the uh ready to love situation. It that okay. that kind of shocked me a little bit because I know you you really like you're into what you're doing, you're, you're really focused and when when I seen that, I was I was excited that you were going to be on the show, but then I was like, uh well, why does she take that move? Yep. So so you're asking me a question? Yeah, yeah, I want. Okay, yeah, so, so for 
me. I'll tell you right now, okay, um, I didn't want to take that move. I literally declined it. They found me. They they came in my social media, and they, they, um, they spoke about it. Um, I told them that, okay, whatever, I'll entertain them. I had no plans. Once the process continued, I still had no plans um, in accepting anything because I've been approached with so many types of reality shows. Right. It just fell out, like, on its bottom fell out towards the end. So I really didn't want to give my hopes up or really even think that was even going to be an avenue for me. However, when I did have my final meeting going in, um, and I sat there and I, and I sat in front of Will Packer and all of the other executives, and they assured me that this was not going to be something that's ratchet. They assured me that Oprah was not having it, and they right. assured me, and Will assured me that it was something that's going to be of class. Um, and me sitting across from Will Packer, I knew at that point if I was selected to move forward to be a part of the cast, that I would definitely consider it just because, um, one, I have done so much um, to better myself as a woman over the last five years right? Um, being out of my marriage and stuff like that. So I've grown so much. And so this would have allowed me, one, a platform, but two, an opportunity, a real opportunity to, you know, be as transparent as I can be to see how real my growth has been. Um and for me to go back in and watch it and then critique myself to see how I can better myself as a woman, one. And then two, um, I really just don't date um, here in Atlanta, as you guys may have heard on the show. Um, it's, uh, it's very difficult for me to date. So to be in a control environment that also allowed me the opportunity to date kind of outside of the norm of right. who and what I would date, um, which is really cool. As you guys saw, um, you know, I had an opportunity to – you know, go on a date with Pastor Chris. I had an opportunity to go on a date with Keba and Aaron. And, um, and for the most part, most of the guys. And those are people that normally would not be in my circle. Not that they're not good enough. It's just I normally would not interact with them just because I'm always working, always on the go. Um, if I'm DJing somewhere, I normally just don't hang out afterwards. I normally pack up my stuff and rock out let the next DJ take over right. kind of thing. Um, or I'm headed home try to make it home safe, that kind of thing. So it was a good control environment for me to get to know people that I would have normally not, um, you know, wanted to get to know from a date perspective, which was really cool because it turned out that I met some really great people, including the queens that were on the show. Um, I don't have a lot of female friends either just because of the industry and the nature of my business, and it's really easy for people to get, um, you know, stuck on the limelight and all the glitz and the glamour and the bottle popping and the sections and the red carpets and all that stuff. So it's hard to find men and women that are really going to be around you and supportive um, for you for the right reasons. And so I found a lot of women on the show that really went through similar things that could experience the same things while we're going on the show. So that was very, that was very therapeutic at the same time. So I have no regrets. Um, the name of the show was Ready to Love, not Ready to Get Married, not <laughs> right. with a cast mate. <laughs> um, it was about bringing together um, people that were grown, like-minded, supposedly like-minded, and supposedly at a stage in their life um, that they are ready to um, embrace love again and potentially, you know, settle down. And if that happened with the group of people that they brought together, then that was the experiment. 
um, it would make the connection. And then if it didn't, then it didn't mean that nobody on the show was ready to love. It just meant that um, the pairings together, um, you know, um, it was a match. (laughs) So I think the show did exactly what it was meant to do. And um, I have no regrets, especially working with Will Packer, my boss man. He's absolutely amazing. I, for one, um, I did appreciate the show. I'm not a big reality show fan, uh, simply because the way it, it, I feel like it destroys the culture. It helps a lot of people out as far as opening up a lot of doors for them to to get work outside of the reality show. But I just, I don't like the, I just don't like the way it, it portrays, portrays us and, and people. Um, but on this particular show, I, I thought that it was pretty dope because it didn't amplify um, the the fighting and and you know it really was based solely on trying to find um, love and um, I thought that that was pretty dope. So once I the, my initial thought when I seen you on there, I was kind of like, man, I I can't believe she's doing this, you know, because I follow your movement. But then once I started to watch it and I seen that it wasn't ratchet, I was like. Okay, yeah, this this is cool. I can I can see what's up with it. Yeah, and, and you know, I have like I told my castmates, we all have control on on what we give um, and show. And so for me, I I truly wanted to be as transparent as possible. And I and I kept trying to remind people, don't try to play into the feat of there's a camera in your face. Try to play into the role of this is who I am. So that way, at least at the end, if you didn't find love, the show wasn't what it thought, at least you can see yourself and critique yourself and see if you've become a better woman, a better man at the end of the day. Um, some took the advice, some didn't take the advice and, and ended up the way that they did. Uh, but for me, I'm a grown woman, Kay, and I really feel like... Um, one, I'm not going to take anything, and no, no amount of money would jeopardize um, my brand and what I've worked so hard for. So, right. at the end of the day, I know for me that I was going to, um, you know, I was going to approach it um, as very honest and very transparent as possible. Absolutely. So what you saw with me is what you got. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Now, it, let's talk about the space that. Um, uh, music is in right now um how do you feel about because like i said you you come up you come up um in a, a different culture of music you've seen so many different styles and genres of music and um you've been around long enough to see the game change and change and change from a business aspect and musically um just with with the way that the atmosphere of the game is in right now based on um and, and I know it's supposed to evolve. Do you think that it's in a a a good space right now or or what do you think about or can I get your 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 take on this space of music right now? Yeah, I think it's pretty simple. Um you know, I think in music everything is about evolution. Um and I think if you think back to T.I., Rubber Band Man, and uh, David Banner produced that track around trap music. Let's just, uh, let's just zone in right there. Right. I think I think music is about evolution. And I think what's, what would happen in our culture is, uh, is some artists 
um, some of the existing and older artists, um, things were evolving and they didn't evolve with the change, just like technology. Right. We have the same issue with DJs. Um, some say, nope, you need vinyl, you need the 12-inch, you need um, you need that type of you know DJ equipment to become a DJ. If you have the new equipment, just just pressing buttons. Storm, did I lose you? Oh, well, you're listening to the Vibe Show podcast right now. And I think we lost her, y'all. I think we lost her. Oh, crap. I think we lost her, guys. You were tuned in with myself, the Vibe King, and my special guest, DJ Stormy, which is calling back right now. Storm, we got you back on? Yes, sorry about that, guys. That's all right, that's all right. Yeah, so DJ Stormy, I'm back, and uh, I was finishing the conversation about the evolution of music, and then I was relating it to the DJ uh, evolution, and, and I really feel like you know, the last thing I was saying was around the vinyl and some of the older DJs felt like if you weren't spinning on vinyl, um, then you weren't part of the culture and you were adapting to the new technology wave and you were just pushing buttons. Um, but that's not fair either. It's, um, it's all about evolution. And I think more and more from the DJ perspective as well as the music perspective, I think people are now starting to understand that it's just a part of the new wave culture. Right. And going back just saying what I was saying earlier around being not exclusive, just an error. Every era of music, you know, I shouted it out earlier. You know, your Earth, Winds, and Fire, you have your Shanties, your Totals, your your Biggies, your West Coast, your Tupac, ENW. Every era of music, there's still, for the most part, there's still people of that age and that era. So you have to understand that as music evolves, it's also for the newer generation that's creating the music and their ears and their appetite. And that's probably not going to fall on good ears for us as we get older, since we're not the older part of the culture, but we've been in the culture for a while. Right. And so we we see things as a norm, and um, and it's not part of the norm when a new evolution comes into the hip-hop culture and we have to adapt to it. We don't understand what they're saying. They're, uh, it's pretty much the same beat, the same BPM, same tempo, right. and they're just rapping over it. Um, you know, this slushy rap, I've heard them call it slushy rap. They don't know what they're saying. They can't understand the words. But what I will say is that it's still part of the culture. And if you're an older or old-school artist, um, nobody's asking you to change. But if you want to keep up, with the evolution, you've got to find a way to integrate yourself and your sound and make it um, and make it to the point where people want to listen to it and vibe with it. Right. Right. Yeah, you, you, you're definitely right about that. Now, you know, I, I, I always, um, I kind of envision you too doing, um, doing radio. Has that ever been something that, that you uh, considered? Yes, absolutely. I, I've been approached around radio um i just wanted to make sure i became a full-time entertainer in december of last year so i'm now full-time 100 percent entertainer 
And so with, uh, with that, it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of business energy. And so I wanted to make sure before I committed to anything in radio, which takes a lot of time and energy, that, um, that I had my tentacles out and really reached out um, and did what I wanted to do um, and approach it at least and give myself an opportunity in the industry to do the things that I wanted to do. Um, and that is from a brand perspective, expanding my brand. That's from a DJ perspective, really doing things more from an international, out-of-state perspective, um, and doing more festivals where I can travel. I'm not restricted on time now, um, which is working. So I'm booking more and more things that are out-of-state, that are out-of-the-norm for me, which is really great because it's taken me to different markets and I'm able to expand my brand in those markets. So um, I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do, and so I don't want to get tied down in radio right now just because it's going to require a lot of time. Um, but for the right price and for the right radio station, I can definitely do it. This is what I do. I do marketing. I did that for 15 years in my corporate job. Um, so I could definitely do that 100%. But uh, right now, I really just want to make sure that I am checking all the things that I want checked off of my list. Um, because not that I'm new to it, but I definitely want to do exactly what I want to do. Right. That, that, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, when it comes to... Um... When it comes to to being, do, do you think that, um, well, have you ever been by by being um, a female DJ? Do is it is it a little bit harder for you guys as opposed to being um, a guy DJing? Do you get the same respect? Um, if you bring it and you entertain the crowd, um, definitely, absolutely, one hundred percent. I think it's even more cooler being a female DJ. Because if you could deliver and rock the crowd and entertain the crowd, they're like, oh, my gosh, and she's a girl. <laughs> right. Well, your your swag is totally different. Like, um, you, you bring so much energy, you know, not, not just mu- music-wise, but, like, your whole persona. Um, you're going to entertain while you're, while you're, you know, catering to, to the audience as well. I think that's something else that you, you bring to the table as well. Um. My thing is when you when when you said you you've done more international stuff now, how's the vibe when you're over there as opposed to being here? Um, it's it's much more accepted because one, people love people from the United States. Um, they love the music, they love the culture. And then two, people love to party. Especially in the Caribbean where I've been, uh, people love to party. Um, we're a little bit different in the U.S. You have pockets of people that want to party and people that want to trap out and just kind of, you know, bob their head and stuff like that. But um, when you go to other countries, they love love our culture and they love our culture of music and they love to dance and party. So that's kind of like how the EDM experience here in the U.S. is. Uh, No matter your color, um, you can go to an EDM festival and everybody's out there to have fun and party and dance and enjoy themselves. Right. Do you, um, do you also, um, do you host, do you host mixtapes or, or anything like that or host projects for, um, for artists? Um, no, not at this time. I don't, I don't break records, nor do I host mixtapes. Um, just because I feel like that specific type of entertainer DJ and um, and if I was to do that, I would also want my network um, 
in my business that I'm running every single day to have that to be an arm, a part that I can leverage, um, and I can get those resources out. But at this time, um, that's not what I do. Um, I'm truly about the entertainer piece of it, the music piece of it. Um, so I've kind of stayed away because I've had so many people ask me to pay me to break my record and stuff, but I'm not going to take anybody's money if I don't have something to offer them and leverage. Um, and I don't have um, a network that can leverage new music in that manner. I'm a straight entertainer, and so the music that I play um, can be new music, but most of the time um, it's pretty restricted to two hours. So it's not like I have a four- or a six-hour set or I have a radio station um, or a podcast that I can run new music and release new music, um, and I have that platform so I can use it as leverage for these new artists. Um, and clients. Um, so at this time, I don't have that platform. And so I don't do the mixtapes at this moment. Got you. Got you. Um, it's very easy for me to do it. It's just, um, it's just, that's a whole nother beast. <laughs> right. Right. I just, um, I, it was a, it was a question that a fan had and, and that's why, um, I asked you that because, um, and when they asked that question, I was like, "Yeah, I was wondering if she if she do if she does that as well." And um, yes. so I, I understand uh, being why. TV and being an actress and being a full time entertainer, um, it's hard. Same thing to ask me. Oh, um, 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 they ask me all the time why I don't produce, and I'm like, "Okay, if I produce, then that means I'm going to have to let something drop. I'm going to have to let go of something. I cannot be great at everything. We can." Just at some point, you're going to get burned out. Yeah. And um, and with TV and acting and being a DJ um, and stuff like that, that requires time, that requires effort, that requires study. Um, and if I become a producer, that's going to take a whole lot of time away from where my main buckets are of focus. Right. Plus, it, you, I, and and you're at a space now where you know you you don't really want to be tied down to like one situation and you know because i feel you from that aspect you know right now like you said you you're in a space now to where you can move around you can go and and and, and chase those opportunities and and you know as they come and it may be something in spain or something like that or whatever and it's like you know you don't want to be in one of those situations to where you can't move around to see what that yeah. opportunity has to offer yeah i'm highly flexible highly flexible but yep yeah, and it it takes um it takes a lot to 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 get in that space and and with you being in that space, I think that's um I think that's that's great. That's a good move. Now, as far as let's talk about like your your overall brand. Um, we're talking about um not just you as a DJ, but we're talking about introducing merchandise and 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 everything, right, for the Stormy brand. Yeah. Yes. So um. I've been working on a couple things. Um, I have my fan support, which is my Stormy T-shirts, but um, I'm coming out with um, a line of swimsuits as well that I'm working on. Hopefully, we'll be dropping our first samples in the next month to two months. Um, I'm working on and with a couple of other brands as well um, that's already established, but but from an ambassador um, endorsement standpoint um, that I'm trying to finalize now hopefully taking me to Coachella to do some of the auxiliary events um, outside of Coachella at the same time, so which is super dope. Um, and then truly from a brand perspective, just getting 
back on TV, but in the form of TV that I want. Um, I'm not going to say no to unscripted, but I will say that I would prefer to do more of like a TV series. Um, that's where my mindset is. I have an agent. I've been auditioning uh, uh, heavily. So hopefully one of these auditions will be golden and uh, we'll move it forward with that piece. Then from um, uh, just a DJ, I really just want to travel the world. I want people to enjoy the music. I've been booking festivals. I've I just booked a party around Essence again. I'm trying to get back to Essence. Um, I'll be at the Moet Chandon official um, festival here in Atlanta. They just booked me for Tennessee and D.C. as well. I'll be back in Louisiana for the Fried Chicken Festival. Um, Then there's a lot of stuff going with the Caribbean Fest here in Atlanta for a carnival. And I'm working on some other private parties that I'm doing as well, trying to host. And so more information with that stuff will be, um, you know, coming out shortly. But, yeah, it's all about my brand. It's all about entertaining, and it's all about people enjoying themselves and having fun. And so that's what I want to make sure that I bring to the table. Right. Do you um, do you think that um, – do you think that acting um, – more, more acting gigs – um, do 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 you think that your thirst is is gonna build more for that? Because I mean, you 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 were good. Um, my appetite is definitely in the acting, just because as I get older, um, you know, I've I've always been attracted to uh, movies and television. Um, and so as I'm getting older and I am transitioning from my entertainment, but my corporate career into full-time entertainment, that has always been the end result for me was acting. So I really want to get into acting um, really 100%. And so not saying I won't DJ and won't travel, but truly um, acting and being on TV and doing television series will definitely be where I would prefer to spend my time. Right. I, I definitely, um, you know how you can just see that, and and like your your core being like I I just I see that that that's like the the vibe that I get because like some you know I just I just can vision that when I say I was like wow well, I, I I can see her doing uh, I can see you in movies um, TV shows um, I even see you on on some of these um, and I don't I don't know if they even have do they have any DJ shows like where DJs could actually like finding the next hot DJ or something like that. Have anybody came up with that idea? Yeah, they've ran that on VH1 a couple of years ago. Um, I think Revolt tried to do it. Um, so I'm not sure, but I will say that, you know, it's definitely a great concept. It's just there's so much in TV right now. Yeah, it it really is. It really is. But, I mean, it's almost like, why not, though? I mean, because if you think about it, they're touching every aspect of everything. They got a, a show for anything you could possibly think of right now. So it's like, you know, I'm not seeing any DJ and uh, competition shows. And, you know, I just think that it'll be a good idea because it would shed more light on a lot of DJs. Would you consider doing uh, Vegas if the opportunity came up? Absolutely. What's like the ultimate, like the ultimate thing in your bucket list that being you on have... tour with Lil John? Wow. Have you have you ever connected with John? Yep. As a 
John is like a mentor to me. Um, but being on tour with Lil John will be so dope. I would love to open for John. Wow. Well, I mean, that's that that's definitely uh <laughs> that's definitely gonna be something that that's huge. And um, you're you're in Atlanta right now, right? Yep, I'm based out of Atlanta. Okay, why 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 Atlanta? I mean, we know it's the mecca. Um, why why did you choose to reside in Atlanta? Uh, you know, I, I'm from New Orleans, so um, Hurricane Katrina brought me to Atlanta. Went back home for a little bit, and I came right back out to Atlanta. And Atlanta has been great to me, so Atlanta is my second home. Right. Is the vibe is is the vibe there um, as far as on the DJ scene and working? Which I know that you you do a lot of festivals and you move around a lot or whatever. Do you do you do a lot of work there at home? Um, there is definitely work here at home. I'm just very selective. Right. I absolutely uh, absolutely get it. If if anybody um, wanted to to follow your footsteps as far as trying to be a DJ and doing all of the incredible things that, that you're doing, what would you, um, what, what advice would you give them? I would definitely say that they need to find a mentor. Um, they need to purchase the equipment. It doesn't have to be the expensive equipment, but purchase a piece of equipment and practice, practice, practice. Spend time with your mentor. Go out, listen to different DJs sounds and blends and how they transition their music um find your niche once you find your niche just keep working and practicing at home and doing it as perfect as you can um and then the biggest thing is going to be getting out and trying to um dj in public because that's a whole different beast but a mentor can help you do that a mentor can help you achieve all of the above a mentor can help you um you know do an opening for them whether it's 30 minutes or an hour um and then they can critique you and give you feedback. But just building your brand um, and make sure whatever you're doing, um, you do two things. Um, and I'll leave you guys with that. Um, I always say I have to go against the grain. I have to be bold. That's my motto. I'm going against the grain. Um, so I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. So whatever I'm doing, it has to go against the grain. And whatever I do decide to do, it has to be bold. And I have to do it very boldly, very loudly. Um, and that's what I believe in every single time I decide to do or take take on a different project or a different perspective. I ask myself those two questions. Am I going against the grain? And then am I, And what can I do to be very bold in it? Um, and that helped me out from a marketing perspective. Awesome. That's awesome. And what could we, what could we expect from Stormy, um, I guess, up and coming? Can we, can we expect anything? Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be back in the studio working on new music. Um, you can catch me at, um, at some festivals this year that I've already booked. Um, I'm planning on going back to TV. Um, so um, I did a nice little cameo role with the new um, Tiffany Haddish movie with Selma Hayek that will be coming out hopefully later this year. Oh, wow. Um, and that was fun. And so um, there's everything... CJ Stormy, and you can find me at Stormy ATL, Stormy with a Y, ATL on all social media and StormyATL.com um, on my website. Wow. Well, guys, we definitely going to be looking uh, forward to all of the wonderful things that you have going on. You know you're going to have to come Here's back 
on the show again to promote whatever you need to promote and just come back on the show and hang out with us again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys so, so much. Thank you so much for for taking time. Thank you so much. It's the Vibe Show Podcast with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and my special guest, the lovely DJ Stormy. We out.